Hey everybody, I'm Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Scary Stories Edition. Ooh. Hey everybody, so uh, we're going to be doing something new Yay. tonight, friends. I'm excited. Yes, super pumped. So... What we're going to do, so we've been doing just, you know, your run-of-the-mill scary shit stories, and now what we're going to focus on is something that, oh, Gus, Gus, really? He's Pardon not- the interruption. <laughs> um, Gus has decided he needs to infiltrate the podcast with his screams, so that'll add a nice spooky la- la- layer to it, right? Sure. Just like a, a, a cat screaming. Spooky or annoying, but yeah, sure. We'll go with spooky. Um, so we're going to, okay, back to what we were talking about. We're going to be focusing on the scary stories to tell in the dark books. Yes. Yes. Super pumped. Tell so, our audience about the scary stories to tell in the dark book because. Okay. Well, hopefully well, most people should know about this, um, but obviously. I did I did Okay. I know, Erin, you didn't know about it. And I'm sure there's lots of people, all four of you. Are probably going, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. I know why I didn't know of it. Because remember, around the time that the that the parents were flipping out about it and wanting it off the shelves, it would have been about my heyday. Oh, yeah. Where it probably wouldn't have been on the shelf. Yeah, valid point. That's my... That's my uh, valid point. But here's the thing I want to say. My parents would not have cared at all, and I would have been reading it. So, or they yeah, wouldn't. It have, was a simpler time. They would have been like, "She's <laughs> yeah, yeah." But I mean, my parents like they monitored my content in terms of, of TV all the time. But they would have been like, "It's a book." I mean, she's reading a book. Great, you know. They don't take like, time when to check the, my books. When was the first time you read a Stephen King book? Oh, I had to have been probably pre middle school, like maybe uh, like, like too young. Yeah, probably. Like, it's what that means. Yeah, like fifth grade. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. My parents saw books as like automatically pure and good you know but it was music they were worried about it was like that damn devil music yeah it was music it was prince you know they didn't want me listening to prince music but anyway prince prince was the devil well he made some dirty music kind of prior to purple rain but but still whatever but still it's prince so anyway i mean so for anyone that doesn't know i'm not gonna assume that everyone knows that people about scary stories to tell in the dark but anyway it's this book that came out in like the 80s, late 80s-ish, I think. I think. Right? Yeah. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. And it was this guy, um, Alvin Schwartz, who took all of these uh, folklore, legend, um, mythical kind of spooky stories and compiled them into a book called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And then Stephen Gamble illustrated... And when I tell you, I wish that this podcast was visual. Just for just for this. Just really. solely based off of the images, know that I mean it because they are so creepy. Like, I wouldn't say scary, like, ah, like not scary no. like that, but like creepy, like get under your skin. But imagine it. creepy. Yeah. Imagine it in the middle of the night and like yeah. want to cry yourself to sleep. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just, they're unsettling images. But anyway, so they, they wrote this book. And so, of course, kids, I mean, kids love scary things. People want to sit around campfires and tell scary stories. Like, kids love scary stuff. 
like appropriately scary stuff. This stuff isn't like, you know. It's not dirty. It's, it's not, not dirty or lewd or murderous or gory or no. anything like no, that. No, it no. is appropriately like, it's like folklores. They're not like super, I mean, there are some that are really intense, but like most of them are not. So right. what happened was obviously this is around the time of satanic panic. So they all latched onto the illustrations, parents, I mean, not mm. everybody in the world, parents, latched onto the images and saying that this was traumatizing children and <laughs> that it was causing them to act violently and which is hilarious to me because it's their parents saying it. Well, I would argue that it made kids want to read. So yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Be happy your children thank are you. reading. Yeah. You know, but anyway. I mean, that's, I mean, it just makes, why are you, that's exactly right. Why are you upset? They're reading. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, so they, a bunch of moms specifically, no offense to moms, but like it was a group of moms. They jump on and start getting the book banned all over the country and removed from shelves and put into like adult sections, not like raunchy, but like, mm -hmm. you know, like the older uh, sections of the library. And anyway, so he comes out with three books total. Scary stories to tell in the dark, more scary stories to tell in the dark, and then I'm flipping through the pages, so hold on. Scary stories three, more tales to chill your bones. So I vividly recall as a child, probably elementary school, it was like talk of the town, um, this book, because everyone wanted to read it because it was it had creepy pictures in it. Mm -hmm. And but we didn't want our parents to know because for some reason we thought our parents would care. Like my parent, my mom would have been curious about it, but I don't think, and I don't think that makes her a bad mom. Like, I think it's just like, she would have been happy that I was reading. Like you yeah. said, like, like why argue when your kid is reading? Yeah. So literally it would scare me so bad I wouldn't be able to sleep. But I loved it. Obviously, I like scary stuff. I, why Why else would I want to do a podcast? Right? And I am upset that I missed out on part of my youth, um, that I've just discovered this book recently. Yeah, like very recently. Very recently, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed to say. But I do think that it does correlate with a time period. And I was in a small school, small Catholic school that had a very small oh my library. Oh God, it would have rocked your school. And you know what? Our, I'm telling you, my teachers in my school, I bet they were not moms that would have been up in arms over this. I think they would have thought it was cool. You know I what I mean? I'd like to address the fact that Gus is scratching on his scratching post, not giving a damn yeah. that we are recording something right now. He does not give a shit. No, but he rarely does. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, I got distracted. Again, I'm uh, I I am a little sad. I feel like I might have missed out on my youth there and this book because that because honestly, I would have been about it. I would have been yeah. up all night reading it, being scared, but also wanting to read it. So yeah, and like we would like read it uh, like at sleepovers. Yeah, which like yes. I mean, post COVID, like there's no more sleepovers. But right, like right. Um, <laughs> back then, you only had to worry about getting lice at a sleepover. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> Or like someone tr pulling a prank on you, you know what I mean? Or getting too scared from the Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was never like, there was never anything super serious to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so funny you should say that you feel like you're missing out because guess what we're going to do for the scary stories episodes of 31 Nights of Scary Shit. We are going to read the stories, friends, and then we're going to talk about them. So there's going to be periodic scary stories episodes that come out yes. and 
we've decided that we are going to read a few of them and tell like backstory, talk about like facts, uh, talk about like context of the folklore because like, <clears throat> like I said, Alvin Schwartz, these are all like compiled all folklore uh, and legends and kind of like tweaked them a little bit, but they're essentially the same stories. So right. what we're going to do is I purchased, <laughs> this is before the podcast. I got the scary stories to tell in the bo- tell in the dark, but it's like the compendium, I guess you would call it. Or is that graphic novels? Anyway, anthology? I don't collection? Know. I don't know. It's would, bound in one book. I would call it collection, yes. Collection. Thank you. Um, sorry, I don't know what to do. So anyway, um, so we're going, I'm going to read, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to tell you all the sources that I used, obviously, because. I hope one of them is the book. <laughs> yeah, the book is one of them. You just decide to tell your Spoiler own. Spoiler alert. Just go wrong. I just, <laughs> I just go off the as I've said, <laughs> no one should read my writing. No one should because it's terrible. Maybe that's a story for a different day. But anyway, so um, first, I'm using scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, Wikipedia, I don't care what anyone says. I love Wikipedia. By anyone, she just means me. Yeah, Erin gives me and a I'm, judgy face every time I've I say Wikipedia. <laughs> every time I can just sense her going, ugh. Sarah. I've gotten over it. Let me tell you, I've, I've lightened up because the current one I'm researching, I'm actually using Britannica, which, you know, it's just an encyclopedia. I, I'm i fine with that, though. It's a goddamn yeah. encyclopedia. I know, but it's anyway, very interesting. All right. So, Wikipedia, this website called mamalisa.com. <laughs> it's legit. It's legit. Okay. Don't judge me. Um, I use Scary Stories Fandom. Well, that one's probably That's good. a legit one, yeah. I'm sure. And the site that I'm kind of creeped out to have to repeat, scaryforkids.com. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to put that into a context here. So I was also off-put, as all four of you who are listening right now are off-put, um, that why is their website called scary for kids Like, F-O-R. Like, this is scary for kids and so I did some research on this website before I took the information and realized these are all stories that are intended to scare kids like in a camping, a campground situation or in a sleepover situation. So it's a website made of scary. It's like creepypasta, but for kids. Right. Which I still haven't. I, I have, love creepypasta. I, I have not. Oh my God. It. I know. I totally need to do it. I but do. it's like, we need to do Slender Man at some point. But anyway, so yeah. back to what, yeah, back to scary stories to tell in the dark. So the first one I thought I would start with is the Hearst song. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to not sing it <laughs> or, oh. or say it to the tune because. Well, I mean, why not? You, you, once I start reading it, most of you, I would say if there are. I would, I would say most people, if you've heard of this book, you know, obviously know the song, but I'm sure some of you who haven't read the book know the song. Uh, I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to say it, but I'm hopefully not going to say it to the tune. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like that. Okay. Hmm. Uh, do you? I'm not going to do it. Don't you ever laugh as the hearse goes by for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rocks. All goes well for about a week. Then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinochle on your snout. 
They eat your eyes. They eat your nose. They eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm with rolling eyes crawls in your stomach and out your eyes. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. <laughs> you spread it on a nice on a slice of bread and that's when you eat. That's what you eat when you are dead. <laughs> so, I tried really hard not to sing it to the song because you get I mean, it's just like I'm not going to say it's like reading Shakespeare because that sounds pretentious, Dr. but Seuss. like you can eat Dr. Seuss. Thank you. Thank it's you. A, it's a rhythm. There's yeah. a rhythm to it. So anyway, I thought that was a good one to start with because that's kind of like a universally creepy context and like there's no underlying meaning. Like it's very, you can tell exactly what it is. It's a good intro to the book in my opinion. Yes, but I have a question. Yeah. What the hell is the jelly between the toes? Oh, and I will. It, and is it real jelly or is it like that's no, just a term no, 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 for no, no, something no. else? So there is this stuff. Oh my God. I wish I knew it off the top of my. If there's anyone that's listening that knows anything about true crime, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what happens when a body starts to decompose is sometimes it creates this like, I think it's called corpse wax. Really? Where it like it, it's some it has something I think it has to do with like water and decomposite like if the body is in water and decomposition I think something like that I sound really stupid like I vaguely know about this and I really do know about this I just can't remember off the top of my I swear I know anyway so it's the the jelly between the toes actually is referring to something that would have actually formed on a decomposing body all right well that, that and I works think it's called corpse wax I might be wrong though. I was actually Googling it. To what see. is it? No, that's not right. Um, um, anyway, so <laughs> if you didn't pick up on it, that song um, or poem, whatever you want to call it, is about burial and decomposition. So literally in, in the story, it is talking about a body decomposing and it all centers around what you eat when you're dead. So it is personifying a dead person and explaining what they would eat, almost like a zombie. Mm -hmm. So it's talking about um, all the different parts of the body that break down. So you were saying the jelly between the toes, right? That would be like corpse wax. That's like this, like, what was that? I think it was Lenny. Okay. That was like really loud well, and unsettling. He, well, he sounds like a human. So, um, so hopefully that will be him that will appear momentarily. And yeah. Not hopefully. A human that we didn't know was here, but okay. Um, it talks about a big green worm with rolling eyes, curls in your stomach and out your eyes. That's uh, organisms breaking yeah. down your body. Yeah. Um, pus, which is just, I forgot about that line and it is so gross. And pus pours out like whipping cream. Oh, no, thank you. That's gross. Anyway, so it's literally talking about how don't mock the dead because you're going to be there one day right. and this is what you essentially are going to be. It's a dose of realism and yeah. I think children need that. Yes, they do. And I think that is something <laughs> children are severely lacking right now. Not that I'm going to go on a I'm not getting on my soapbox about how children are terrible. I mean, they're science. not terrible. They're wonderful. But like. It's a great science lesson. I'm sorry. It is. A how it cool is. would that be as a science lesson? Okay. Oh maybe gosh. maybe for kids that are maybe at least middle school or above. But that would really be. Yeah. Kind of a cool anatomy science yeah. lesson. That's so what I think. But. I thought I would tell you some like weirdly specific. Um. Sorry, someone we work with literally just called me three times. Anyway, 
Um, it's fine. So, um, weirdly enough, this was a very popular World War One song. Oh, okay. So that so which that, is creepy. So nineteen fourteen ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we're talking about decomposing bodies. It just seems a little like we're are we? It's pretty morbid. Are we? Yeah. It's it's damn morbid. Yeah. Um, and it was considered a children's song, so children would sing this. Well, as we know, though, yeah. over the centuries, <laughs> bring around the rosy children. Yeah, they, most of those songs have been born yeah. out of horrible, awful things. things. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, terrible things. Um, it dates back to British so- soldiers in the Crimean War. I have no idea when that I, happened, I and I no did not care either. enough to look it up. No. Which I realize is terrible, and I understand that. But, like, That's it's funny. another war that, like, probably horrible people did some horrible shit. Right. As opposed to the wars where people... Yeah, do. that's what I mean. It's the, the same where, yeah, shit. Where people do. When they do good things good to thing. good people. <laughs> that's called not a war. Um, it first appeared in a ballad called Alonzo the Brave and Fair Imogene. Um, and that was the first appearance of the lyrics, the worms crawled in, the worms crawled out. Which in the rest of the her song, it repeats over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, uh, it This Alonzo the Brave and Fair Imogene was actually part of a gothic romance novel that was published in 1796. Hmm. Um, and that novel was called The Monk. Have you oh, heard of that before? I have not. Um, I feel like I have, but I feel like there's a lot that's of really like, early goth. One, that's, like, yeah. that's like the pre-goth, really. That's pre-goth. That's that's my kind of goth. Like you're you're like only wearing gray yeah. if you're pre goth. <laughs> I'm down with gray. <laughs> um, sorry, that was stupid. Um, <laughs> in the novel, it tells the story of a young woman. I'm not gonna call her a maiden because that's just stupid. I hate that oh, word, maiden. Fair maiden. Ugh, make her want to vomit. Uh, I almost went into the rap from uh. What is that movie? Malibu. Um, Mal- what is it? I don't know. Malibu's Most Wanted? Or something like... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that was a side tangent. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, the novel tells us the story of a young woman who vows to love a warrior who's going into battle. Okay. Cliche. Um, and that even if he dies, she's never going to love anyone else. And then she dies. And then it goes into what he does when she dies. It's okay. very, it's a very weird story. Um, I read part of it and was like, yeah, I'm done. But then I went to the part that was talking about the worms crawled in, the worms crawled out. And it sounds and goes to the same beat as the Hearst song. Yeah. It has the same, I don't even know what the word is. Uh, rhythm cadence pattern i don't know know. whatever it is so that's about it that i got for the her song so it's a british folklore story song it originated in britain is what they call it what they okay classified it as um so we're gonna switch gears here to nova scotia (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna hop across the pond to yes hop across the pond to nova scotia sorry for a second i couldn't think of geography for a second (laughs) um 
and we're going to read the thing. Now look at that picture. I know I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to Aaron. Creepy. It's unsettling. It looks like he has no lips, like no lips, just stringy little teeth, a weird looking nose. It looks like the grinning man. It does look like grinning man. It looks like grinning man. Yeah. Wait a second. Oh, no. Is he tied into that at all? No, it it's faintly reminiscent. But he also has these like sunken in eyes that are like really dark. He's just it's un it's unsettling. The thing is the name of the story. The thing. So yeah. I'm gonna read the story. It's only about a page, so <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> Ted Martin and Sam Miller were good friends. They spent a lot of time together. On this particular night, they were sitting on a fence near the post office talking about one thing and another. There was a field of turnips (laughs) across the road. Suddenly they saw something crawl out of the field and stand up. It looked like a man, but in the dark, it was hard to tell for sure. Then it was gone, but soon it appeared again. It walked halfway across the road. Then it turned around and went back into the field. Then it came out a third time and started toward them. By now, Ted and Sam were scared. And they started running. But when they finally stopped, they decided they were being foolish. They weren't sure what had scared them, so they decided to go back and get a better look. Pretty soon they saw it, for it was coming to meet them. It was wearing black pants, a white shirt, and black suspenders. Sam said, I'm going to try to touch it, then we'll know if it's real. He walked up to it and peered into its face. It had bright, penetrating eyes sunk deep in its head, and it looked like a skeleton. Ted took one look and screamed, and again he and Sam ran. But this time the skeleton followed them. When they got to Ted's house, they stood in the doorway and watched it. It stayed out in the road for a while, then it disappeared. A year later, Ted got sick and died. Toward the end, Sam sat up with him every night. The night Ted died, Sam said he looked just like the skeleton. Oh, God. Yeah. It abruptly takes a sharp turn right at the end. So the reason that seems to take a sharp turn right at the end is because when, um, I almost called him Alfred, when Alvin Schwartz was writing this, he took a novel, essentially. He took a novel, essentially, and hopefully you heard what I just said and the audio didn't cut out. Um, he essentially took like a relatively long ghost story and condensed it into one page. So there's a lot of plot that is missing from this um, that explains it a lot more. Also, it's very confusing. Who is the one that dies? Does the thing ever touch them? What is going on? So essentially to break it down, these two dudes are hanging out. They see this thing come out of the field. It comes, it comes towards them three times. And the last time they run away from it, they realize they're acting like, idiots because they just ran away from like a man that might need help or a farmer or something so they go back and he's like coming towards them so they go up to him trying to figure out like what's going on and he doesn't move Mm. and then they bolt and he runs after them (laughs) he chases them up onto ted's house into ted's house Ted is the one that dies. Okay. Sam is the one that says he looked like the skeleton at the end. So essentially what it is explaining in so many words is a Nova Scotian ghost story 
um, from a, a book called The Blue Nose Ghosts. Nope. No idea. It. No. Um, it was written by a Canadian folklorist, um, Helen Crichton, and she wrote it over a period of 28 years. Wow. She, it was first published in 1957. So she took 28 years and collected all of these ghost stories specifically wow. from Nova Scotia. Wow. And put them together into a book called Blue Nose Ghosts. And this particular story is based off of this folklore around what's called forerunners of sight, which means predicting the future essentially. So in the story, it's supposed to be assumed that the skeleton that's coming towards them is supposed to be Ted when he dies. So it's essentially the premonition, the foreboding. Indrid cold. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a connection there. Um, And I guess in Nova Scotia, it's considered like a, like a bad thing. If you find out about your future before, like, if you mm-hmm. hear what's going to happen before or see what's going to happen before, it's going to be really bad. Um, and normally ends with you dying. Most of the time you die when you see a future self or a future situation. Um, but that's all the information I could, I could find about that that story without actually getting the book. And I couldn't get the book, book in print. I would have to have gone to a library and search the libraries to find it because there's I guess it's not digitized. Oh. Which is weird. Um it's very mysterious actually. It it's makes spooky. It, it makes it yeah, it makes it seem very Um but I did intriguing. find out that Helen Crichton, she like wrote multiple like a series of blue nose and then insert some sort of word after it books that are all revolving around Nova Scotia. It's fascinating. I'm like, I wanna know about more no I wanna know more about Nova, Nova Scotia. Hmm. Being interesting. I don't know anything about it. I know nothing. It seems about it. mysterious, you know. Yes. All right. So the last story—it's the longest one—and this is a super um, exciting one for me. Um, this one in particular was always terrifying to me because I don't know about you, but I suffered from and continue to suffer from sleep paralysis. I've experienced it. Yeah, it's horrible. I've exp- yeah, I, I believe that's what I've experienced. On I think a- that's what I've experienced. I mean, no one's ever told me that, but I've never shared it with like a doctor. No, like, me who neither. Cares? But when I read up on what actually happens, I'm like, oh yeah, that's happened yeah. to me. Definitely happened yeah. to me. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. And if I'm wrong and someone wants to correct me, email us at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. Yes, diagnose Boom. us, please. Plug. Yeah. Right there, friends. You just insert those plugs left and right. That sounded sexual. I didn't mean it to. Anyway, so on this particular picture, Spooky Ooky. Oh, I love that one. This one's really pretty. It's a full page image, not just like, you know, a third of the page. And it's like the night nighttime. And I want to say it's like in a field or by a river or stuff of some sort. But it's like very like foggy and there's an there's like a image of a person, but is it an image of a person? It's spooky. Okay. It but is. like, and in, in a pretty way. Yeah. It's just like beautifully done. I like how you can't really tell where the shadow like is starting to end here, but is there supposed to yeah, be a face yeah, here? Definitely. There's a face here, but is there supposed to be a face here? Oh there's my gosh. There's a lot yes, of things totally. that you're like, well, what it, there's a lot going on in this picture. And I don't know if it's intentional or not. Another face up there. Face over here, face over here. It's very creepy. Well, I don't know if you're going to know this, but were these drawings 
only drawn only drawn specifically to be scaled to a book, or were these larger prints that were just like cut I down? I think he he made them for the he illustrated the book just for the book, and then I think he made them into print. Like he that one is awesome. Like yeah. I would hang that. I like that to be honest with you. Okay, so this one is called the window. Ooh, the window. Margaret and her brothers Paul and David shared a small house on top of a hill just outside the village. It was so warm one summer's night that Margaret could not sleep. She sat up in bed in the darkness of her room watching the moon move across the sky. Suddenly, something caught her eye. She saw two small yellow-green lights moving through the woods near the graveyard at the bottom of the hill. It's already creepy. I'm just going to interject. They They looked like the eyes of some animal, but she could not make out what kind of creature it was. Soon the creature left the woods and moved up the hill toward the house. For a few minutes, Margaret lost sight of it. Then she saw it coming across the lawn toward her window. It looked something like a man, and yet it didn't. Margaret was terrified. She wanted to run from her room, but the door was next to her window. She was afraid the creature would see her and break in before she could escape. When the creature turned and moved in another direction, Margaret rushed to the door. But before she could open the door, it was back. Margaret found herself staring through the window at a shrunken face like that of a mummy. Its yellow-green eyes gleamed like a cat's eyes. She wanted to scream, but she was so frightened that she could not make a sound. The creature broke the window glass, unlocked the window, and crawled inside. I mean, at that point, you've already broken the glass. Just crawl in through the window, but whatever. Margaret, sorry, interjection again. Margaret tried to flee, but the creature caught her. It twisted its long, bony fingers into her hair, pulled back her head, and sank its teeth into her throat. Oh. Margaret screamed and fainted. (coughs) Excuse me, not COVID. When her brothers heard her piercing scream, they rushed to her room, but by the time they got the door unlocked, the creature had fled. Margaret lay on the floor bleeding and unconscious, while Paul tried to stop the bleeding. David chased the creature down the hill toward the graveyard but soon he lost sight of it. The police thought it was the work of an escaped lunatic who believed he was a vampire. When Margaret recovered, her brothers wanted to move to a safer place where it would be harder to break in, but Margaret refused. The creature would never come back. She was sure of that. But just in case, Paul and David began to keep loaded pistols in their rooms. One night, months later, Margaret was awakened by a scratching sound at the window. When she opened her eyes, there was the same shrunken face staring in at her. That night, her brothers heard her cries in time. They chased the creature down the hill and David shot it in the leg. But the creature managed to scramble over the graveyard wall and disappeared near an old burial vault. The next day, Margaret and her brothers watched as the sexton of the church opened the burial vault. Inside was a horrifying scene. Broken coffins, bones, and rotting flesh were scattered all over the floor. Only one coffin had not been disturbed. When the sexton opened it, there lay the creature with the shrunken face that had attacked Margaret. The telltale bullet was in its leg. They did the only thing they knew of to rid themselves of a vampire. The sexton built a roaring blaze outside the vault and fed the shrunken body to the flames. They watched the body burn until nothing remained but ashes. Terrifying. Yikes. It's just unset. It's creepy. Uh, it it hits on like 
every fear I feel you have, like as a girl, yeah. feel like men don't understand. Like it's just someone could just break in. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know it happens to men too, but like, it's a little different, but anyway, so that story shocker is about vampires. Um, and it's also tied back to England and Britain area. I don't know the difference. Sorry to no one from Britain or England that is listening or, and I don't know what it is. So anyway, yeah. I'm going to just go with both, uh, cover all my bases. Um, and it's based, okay, so again, uh, if it's British, I don't know if I can pronounce it, um, based on Croglin Grange, I'm going to go with Croglin Grange. Croglin Grange. Croglin Grange. And it is from the story of my life, not my life, but the, (laughs) the, it's from the book, The Story of My Life by Augustus Hare, which was published in the 1890s, um, and it was talking about this vampire legend that had occurred in, in Cumberland, England. Um, and it pretty much follows the exact plot lines of the window where, you know, there's this uh, sister and her two brothers and someone breaks into the house and attacks the sister and the brothers want to move somewhere safe. However, in the book, the story of my life, he, the brothers convince the sister to move away and they stay safe for a while. And then something happens with one of the brothers and they have to move back. And then the vampire comes back. So it's a little, it's a little bit extended in the book, but it has the same general like flow. Mm -hmm. And in the house where it happens, it's this property called Croglin Grange, apparently. So this guy, Charles G. Harper wanted to prove that these were, the events that happened in the story of my life by Augustus Hare, he wanted to prove whether or not they were factual because Augustus Hare was saying, this is exactly how these things happened during my life. Hmm. And like going down with the ship of like, this is what I witnessed. This is what happened. And this guy, I just feel like he's a dick for like, just being a dick to Hare. I mean, what? just let him be a weirdo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, started telling everybody that Croglin Grange never existed, which like, who cares whether it existed or not? Vampires are spooky. Um, but he did find two buildings that vaguely uh, matched the description that were in the book, uh, that was in the book. And he determined that one of them had to have been used as the original reference for the book. But again, who cares? Right. Who cares is what I say to you, Harper. No one cares, but that's, I, it's just like, that's a guy that was like, you know what? I'm not down with vampires. So I'm going to focus on architecture. Yeah. And it's like, that's a very odd, odd thing to focus on. So you know what I mean? It is. So I will say that one of my definite childhood fears, you know how you back in the day, you could sleep with your windows open and not really worry about it. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Yeah. But I lived out in, I, I essentially lived in the woods. There weren't a lot of neighbors at the time. And, um, we always had our windows open and, you know, didn't close the main door. We had the screen door open. I can remember though, cause my bed was right like against the wall. I was right underneath the window. I can remember waking up at young age, five, six years old 
and dreaming that someone was in the window. So that, yeah, that's, so that's always been one of my fears. Um, so I am kind of like a freak about windows always being closed. Even when, even when it was like hot as hell, Yeah, I would close like as a kid, I wanted my window closed. And of course it was so damn hot. We didn't have air conditioning, but like, I've never been a fan. I wish I would get past it a bit because I love to have the air come in, but not when I'm sleeping. I cannot have a window open. I just, to this day, yeah. I don't like it. I'm all. like, well, sorry, I open the windows. No, no, no. When we're awake and we're no, here. I got you. When you cool. sleep. I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah. I'm not going to be like alone and leave my window open. Yeah. All yeah. Night because, oh my no. gosh. Gus just stretched like a little Halloween cat. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Was... He just ran right over. He loves you. That was okay. Quite a so, leap. yeah, he's, he's majestic when he wants to be. Yeah, so. It's funny you brought up the window thing again, because obviously, because we just read the window. It makes sense. But um, I always have this weird thing with windows, not about them being open, but like, I imagine there's someone there, but it makes no sense. Like, if we go down to like physics, right? So like, I've imagined that I've seen someone's head and shoulders in that window that means that person has to be at least seven to nine feet tall. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's impossible. So I always have these like visions with vin- windows where I almost said windows. <laughs> the windows. Oh my gosh. Of the vampire. <laughs> like vampire. I literally vampire. <laughs> vampire. Um, anyway, of the vampire. Um, so anyway, um, it's just very um, unsettling to me windows because like when I was a kid I always my room was always on the second floor there should never have been somebody standing outside my window but sometimes I would have these dream awake moments where I couldn't tell whether I was in a dream or not and it looks like there's somebody standing outside my window and I'm on the second floor yeah like it's impossible speaking of that do you remember the night where we had essentially the same sleep paralysis vision do you remember that remember I said Remember I told you, I said, okay, so last night I sat up in bed and I looked at my, I've got that, it's not a closet. Oh my gosh, yes. So remember I sat up and I said what appeared to be whatever I thought it was, like just, just a, a figure. Like a figure, it, yeah, A figure yeah, yeah, image yeah. and I looked at my hanging clothes pole and I'm like, dude, there's definitely somebody, there's somebody there. Oh my God, and I remember I, that. And I sat there for a good, what I felt, I felt for sure I'm awake. I was going to say I'm alive. I'm awake. Yeah, I'm awake. And I'm just like, I know I'm seeing this. I remember physically telling myself like, okay, you're seeing this. And I sat there and I kind of shook my head and I went, okay, I'm going back to sleep. So then I proceed to tell you and you're like, you get real quiet. I'm like, what? I had the same thing happen. I'm like, it's how? So scary. Like, no, how does that happen? Because demons are real, Aaron. Ugh. And sometimes they come to haunt you. I don't know. but And ghosts are real. Ghosts are real, but I'm not going to tell my ghost stories today because no, that's a whole other. Show, I got I think. ghost shamed by uh, some people that uh, shall remain nameless. You know who you are today. Uh, no, oh no, oh. when I told my ghost stories about things, uh, there were some people that were close to me that shamed me for it. So isn't that I'm always not, the case? Though there's always I know, but it was like really intense and personal, and I didn't like it. I was told I was insane. Not just like nuts. Like nuts seems like in a joking manner. You're nuts. That's crazy nuts. Mm-hmm. But when you tell someone they're insane, <laughs> it sounds like a condition. You know what I mean? It sounds like there's something seriously wrong. And I just, it was not fun. So a different day we will tell spooky ghost stories that we've 
experience. Well, we need to start making some travels, some conscientious visits to haunted places. I think, oh my gosh, ghost, later in the month. To get into our ghosty well, vibe. Well, I, I can tell you that later in the month, there are some visits that we will be organizing uh, of yes. haunted places, towns, places. <laughs> places. Uh, mostly least. places. And we're going to roll right into that in the next episode, because in the next episode, what we're actually going to be talking about <coughs> is a very particular location called Crybaby Bridge. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm not talking about Love the that. hundreds of Crybaby Bridges in the United States. I'm talking about the one in Maryland that is tied very closely with the Goat Man yes. of Fletchertown Road, if you want to go with the proper name. Um, but that's what we're going to be focusing on on next, on the next episode. And I'm thinking, I wish Crybaby Bridge was still around. It, they've completely torn it down. Like it doesn't, it doesn't exist in the same way that it used to exist. Well, it's there in its place. Just I mean, it's just, no, no, no. It's just like they redid the road and there's houses there and little mini strip malls. Like it's not like I it's see. spooky anymore. Um, but the goat man is a fun story to talk about and we'll get into that. And I just like absolutely loved the whole goat man concept when I was a kid. Cause I remember hearing the story because it's based around PG County, Prince George's County. And not that I grew up in PG County. I did not grow up in PG County. Not that that's something to be ashamed of. I love PG County, but um, I heard about it cause I grew up in Montgomery County, which is close. And if you're not from Maryland, they touch each other um, Montgomery County and PG County. So um, some of the stories, you know, the, kids stories that everyone tells they you know flow back and forth so anyway um we want to remind you to send us scary stories Please. at our gmail and we're thinking about starting an instagram not a hundred percent certain if i want to get into like another instagram account <laughs> because i have so many of them at this have, point why do you have so many? well i have to have one for me i have one for my for work for well i have to manage the one for work, one at work. um okay. which shall remain nameless um <laughs> and i have to well i don't have to but i also have one for my crocheting and we're not going to judge me because i'm a little old lady that crochets no, I won't judge you for that. There's other things to yeah. judge you for. I'm not going to judge you for wow, that. Wow, no, this shame. bitch. No. This bitch over here. No, I wouldn't judge you for that. That's I mean, um, you've got a hobby. I don't I don't really don't have that. I I do. I wish my life was But my hobby now is this. So Well, it's a hobby that we want to make in So I guess I do something need to more. make an Instagram. So, I'm going to make an Instagram. We should. I might make a Facebook page. We I don't know anything about Twitter. No, I, I, I if don't. there's somebody out there that wants to help me with Twitter, I don't, you know, I don't really. Uh, I just feel like I don't want to do anything. With Twitter. I will very quickly get into like a Twitter argument. Anyway, this is not about social media. But anyway, if you want to tell us your stories, send it to 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. And the 31 is 31, not the word spelled out. Right. So 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. Um, and uh, Aaron, you want to. You wanna what take us take, take us, us out? You wanna send us out? All right. Well, thank you to whoever you are out there that has come upon our our podcast, <laughs> our spooky podcast, yeah, our spooky podcast. Stay spooky, and we will catch you next episode. Bye.